The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown & Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and the Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Okay, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into our show. Got a very special treat today. The head coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston, will join us for most of the hour coming up. East Carolina heads to Houston to take on the Cougars coming up this Saturday as a 14-point underdog. The Pirates are 3-3 three and three on the season. Of course, the goal is to get the six wins to become bowl eligible, and the Pirates are halfway there, halfway through the season. 3-3 three and three, and heading to Houston to take on the Cougars. Mike Houston, the head coach of the Pirates, joins me. I had a chance to catch up with him late last week, and that's coming up for you right after this. This is the Brian Bailey Show on a Monday, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. Mike Houston, head football coach in East Carolina, joins us. The Pirates at 3-3, three and three, set to take on the Houston Cougars this week. We're going to go through the season, talk a little bit about what's been going on with Pirate football with the bye week, that kind of thing. Coach, first of all, welcome to the show on this Monday. Uh, good to be on. So it's uh, good good to uh, you know have a chance to catch our breath during the bye and uh, you know prepare for the second half of the season and kind of evaluate the first half of the season. So... Uh, and really excited for uh, you know playing at Houston next week and uh, and what and what the future holds. I think it's back through the bye week now. As far as practices go, some downtime you're able to give some of the the travel squad that kind of thing. Well, the uh, see Sunday we did not practice. We spent all day on the film from uh, Central Florida the night before. Um, you know, <laughs> didn't sleep very much Saturday night when we got back. So uh, didn't sleep very much Sunday night either. But uh, you know that's that's the tough thing of having the bye after a uh, a very very close game, a tough loss. You know, right there at the end of the game, is it kind of it sits with you a little bit longer than it would if we had a game this week. So, but anyway, you know, uh, spent the Sunday, you know, looking at that tape very close. Uh, really looked, you had more time to really evaluate some things that uh, went well and some things that didn't. Um, so that was good. And spent a lot of time with the kids. Uh, gave them, uh, you know, took a little bit of, uh, you know stress off their bodies with the day. Um, Monday had a helmeted practice, a lot of special teams work, um, introduction of Houston. Um, you know, it was fall break, so, uh, you know, didn't have classes, so, you know, able to, uh, you know, get a little bit of weight work in also. Had a, a guest speaker come in uh, who I've known for a long time. He, you know, he talks to a lot of NFL teams, a lot of college teams across the country. Uh, Shep, uh, very impactful story, a very impactful human being, and he spent some time Monday afternoon with our with our roster, just from a character development standpoint, 
Um, Tuesday was a, a heavy practice day. Wednesday was a heavy practice day, you know, full pads, uh, a lot of competition. You have some guys have bumps and bruises, so those guys maybe didn't get as much work. You know, they're doing some more rehab and treatment stuff. You have some guys that you really want to, you know, bring along to try to help you somewhere down the stretch, you know, get more guys on the field playing. And so, you know, really spent a lot of time investing in those, um, you know, able to, uh, you know, get, 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 uh, you know, get Holton some, uh, some rest and some work, uh, if that makes sense. You know, probably took a little bit of a load off of the total snaps he took this week. But worked some very specific things that he needed to work, uh, just uh, just to help him play better the second half of the season. Uh, Mason's a little banged up, so he couldn't do anything for a couple of days. Um, and he got a little bit of work uh, towards the end of the week. Uh, but you know, the good thing about this week is it did help him, you know, get uh, get back healthy going into uh, the second half of the season. So, you know, accomplished a lot. Um, had a had a, a very spirited uh, scrimmage with some of our. Uh, down the line, guys, some you know some young guys that'll be great pirates for us here in the coming future, and uh, some guys are playing a little bit, but uh, you know aren't you know maybe starters just yet. So you know a chance to let them scrimmage, get some live work, some game situation work, because you know those are the guys that aren't getting it right now, um, and it, that's great because you have guys that you have you know you know big plans for, or guys that you think are almost ready, and so you know to get them in a game situation. Uh, you're able to evaluate them, and you're able to give them a chance to show what they can do. And uh, I told the players, there will be you know one or two guys coming out of this week that maybe have not played for us in the first half of the season that are going to have a chance to play for us and help us in the second ha- half of the season because of this week. Uh, and that's you know, that, that's that's why you do all those things. Before we take a look at the season to date, I wanted to bring this up. We we get a chance to go on the road. We do your coach's show for television after the game. And I think the, the one thing that I've really been impressed with is that coach's show is really the raw emotion of Mike Houston after a game. And we've had all kinds of emotions after these six games. I mean, you've, you've been on a roller coaster ride. I think back to Charlotte, the disappointment in that game. I think back to the Marshall game and the euphoria after the win, the comeback win. I think back to this past week against UCF and just trying to, you know, because it's my job to ask questions. It's your job to kind of talk about the game. But, but you know, it's it's easier after those come from behind wins against Marshall, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I think I've gotten more gray hair in the past year. Than, uh, that's, that's, reason, that's, that's, that, that's the reason I keep it cut so short. But, uh, no, I mean, the one thing I always try to be is authentic. You know, I, I just I, I try to be that way with our kids. I try to be that way with, with our coaches. I try to be that way with people I come into contact with. I just try to be real. Um, and so, and I try very hard when you know when answering questions with the media and stuff, and you know I try to not to dwell, you know, try to give coach speak. I try to give you know real answers and honest answers. And I know sometimes you have to protect some information. Uh, that's understandable, but I try as best as I can to you know to, to be straight, uh, you know, with 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 our fan base and 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 with the media and everything. And so. Those emotions are very real, and I am very much aware of my feelings on my shirt sleeves kind of guy. I'm not a, I'm not a very good poker player. I just, you know, I, I kind of, you know, say what I think and, you know, try to do it respectfully. But, uh, you know, nobody ever, ever has to worry much about how, how I feel about things, and that's great. That's great when it's going great. It's you see the real hurt for the kids. You know, after a couple of games, I mean, you know, that South Carolina game. You know, I hurt for our players because I know how badly they want to win, uh, and you just, you spend so much time with these kids. I mean, it's 
that's why I've, I was you know pretty adamant about defending Holton early in the year is I spent so much time with him over the past three years where we have a very close relationship and I know how hard he works and I know what potential he has and I know what he can and can't do and I know I believe in him and uh, and I think that uh, you know when you when you have someone that you care about like that and and, and you and you do have that belief in them. Uh, you know, you want to see them have the success as a result of, you know, their hard work. And that's why I was so, you know, excited after the Tulane game because you saw the performance that you knew that he was capable of. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, good, bad, or otherwise. I don't know how everybody feels about some of the, you know, some of the post-game stuff, but it's real. Yeah, it is real. All right, let's go through the games so far this season. East Carolina falls to Appalachian State in the open, the Dukes-Mayo Classic. And I think back to that, that trip to Charlotte and just you know, the excitement of a new season and, and, and even the excitement of a real season yeah. when you look back to 2020. You had fans. Yeah. You know, in, in the I'll tell you, an interesting thing that so many of our kids said after that game, because you still you don't realize we have 77 first and second year players in our program. So the vast majority of our roster, that was the first game they had played in front of a crowd. But so many of them talked about they had, they, they, had not, they didn't expect that. They didn't expect to not be able to hear on the field. Uh, it's great. You you want to play in those games. You want to play in front of rowdy you know crowds and stuff. But you do have to develop experience in playing in that kind of setting. Um, so, you know, it was a great experience for our team. Uh, I, I told Coach Clark I would I would love to continue some type of series with Appalachian State. I love that venue mm-hmm. because it had a bowl-type feel to it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it was a great experience for our team. Wished we'd have played better. I think it was a, a great, you know, kind of next hurdle for our kids of, you know, if we want to do the things we say we want to do, we've got to be able to beat the teams of this caliber. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, knowing knowing what that game was like, I think it helped prepare us for the the, you know, the games in the coming weeks. It was our first really glimpse of Keaton Mitchell, what he can do when he gets loose on that swing pass. And, and he's had a great season so far this year, but it started in Charlotte. It did. And uh, I felt like I felt like it was coming. I really did. You know, I said many times in the off season. You know, obviously, everybody's focus uh, from you know from you know fans and media was Rajay Harris, which is you know is, is should be. I mean, right. he's he's a great player, and he had a great year last year. Uh, but I kept saying, you know, we have two starting tailbacks. I mean, I, I feel very much like they both are starting caliber players in this league. You know, everybody looks at me sideways sometimes when I say stuff like that. But so I'm glad Keaton had my back and kind of showed everybody why I was saying those things because he does that stuff in practice. And I'm a firm believer: if you do it in practice, you're going to do it on game day. And I tell our players that all the time: you are going to play how you practice. And so I, I knew he had it in him. It was great to see it in that ball game, and he's backed it up continually week in and week out since. Ours fell on that opener, 33-19. Next up was South Carolina. You know, big crowd at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Great to see that again. Absolutely. And it, it's one of two games in the first half of the season when you think back, and, you know, it's, it's a game of missed opportunities. It is. And, uh, well, it couldn't start any better. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we, we won the toss. We took the ball. And uh, one play, Sneed, uh, Hatfield, and it's a... Uh, Maybe the quickest score in ECU football history. I mean, I don't know if I don't know. If, you'd have to look that up. Yeah. What's the quickest touchdown in program history? That has to be one of the top ones, if not the top. So, uh, great execution right there. Got got the game off to a great start. Uh, build a fourteen nothing lead. 
the big play was the the intercepted screen pass and you know right before the yeah. the, the halftime, which put you know gives South Carolina some life because we were getting ready to score again and and really you know would have put them behind the eight ball. But you know it came back and it was a great a great game. You know went down to the last seconds. You know certainly we had our chances to win it. South Carolina had the chance with a huge kick there at the end to win it and. You came out on the short end of it, so you know disappointing loss. But you know you had an SEC team on the ropes at home, and uh, you know those are the games. That's the next step for the program. Is is, is all of a sudden we win that game. You know that's 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 those that's what we got to do. I talked to Holt Nailers on the uh, sideline during that game, and I, I told him, I said, man, Tyler threw the heck out of that football. And he said, look, I told him just throw it as far as you can because my man will run under it, and he did. That was a great play. I mean, Josiah has you know great speed, and and, and and you're right. If, when he first cut it loose, I thought he'd overthrown him, <laughs> but it, it may be hard to overthrow Josiah Hatfield because yeah. he can roll. That's what Holton said. All right, East Carolina 0 and 2 on the season. You go to Huntington, West Virginia, which historically has been a tough place for East Carolina to play, and you get behind in that game, and you're steering 0 and 3 right in the face, aren't you? Well, I don't know if I ever. That, I, didn't, I didn't really think of it that. I was just I was trying thinking to. Thinking of it that way. Yeah, that, you can do that. I, I just we pl- I, I, I love the way we played in the first half of that ball game. You know, we I, I tried to be very aggressive with decisions I was making. The kids were making the plays. You know, we got the the couple of big fourth downs right there in the end of the second quarter, and got the the big score right before the half to pull it to within three. Um, you know, just such a, a great back and forth first half. Uh, a tough third quarter. Uh, where you know Marshall took control of the game with a couple of really good drives, uh, we knew they were going to be able to score. You know their quarterback you know, came into the game scoring right at 50 points a game, and their quarterback's very very talented. So we knew we were going to have our hands full. But you know they took control of the game. But boy, I'll tell you what, you know what what a comeback there in the in the fourth quarter, and and just so many big plays by so many different people. You know whether it's Shane Calhoun or or Holton or Keaton or Rajay or. Uh, Sneed or you know Audi, you know a couple of big catches yeah. by him, a huge onside kick executed by Owen Daffer, and really, once that happened, I looked at Holton in the in, in the huddle and uh, I said, All right, "We got plenty of time. Yeah. Just take our time. We're getting ready to score and win this thing." And and we did. And then you know, had to hold on. And Jaquan <laughs> McMillan, Jaquan McMillan with a huge <laughs> interception. Uh, you know, we work red zone coverage a lot, and uh, it, and he executed it uh, perfectly, and and made the interception there to seal the ball game, and uh, and what a celebration that was! I'm telling you, that was that was a good locker room, and that was a that was a fun bus ride, plane ride, you know, back to uh, you know back to Greenville, North Carolina. So just what a what a big win for for those kids. I know you're a Dallas Cowboy fan as am I, and, and it reminded me of the days of Roger Staubach and some of the comebacks that they would have, and that's that's when I fell in love with football, just watching because you know, they were never out of a game, and, and you know Captain America, Roger Staubach bringing the, the Cowboys back, and it kind of just reminded me of a game like that. Well, I, I don't, I was, too, I, I don't, I went <laughs> around for Roger Staubach, you know, Troy Aikman. Oh, uh, you're maybe. more the Troy Aikman era. <laughs> I keep forgetting I'm a little older than you are. Danny White. I, I got Danny White. Okay. Danny White. Troy, nah, nah, no, Roger Staubach. I certainly you know, have seen plenty of the uh, highlights. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, well, a great comeback and, and one for the ages and, uh, and a big win for our program. And it's, I knew that our, coming into the season, I, I had confidence in our team. Uh, I told them, I said, you're going to have a chance every single Saturday to win. Every Saturday. There's not one on our schedule I don't think we can't win. But 
Right. There's every single game on this schedule is a tough one, and uh, and I knew that the first half of our schedule was extremely challenging, and so you know to be able to pull that one off uh, after the close loss the week before to South Carolina, um, you know just a big a big moment for our program, a big win for this team this year. Uh, so you know really a really a substantial achievement right there. This is the Brian Bailey Show on this Monday. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back with more with head coach Mike Houston after this. You're listening to the Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Welcome back to the Brian Bailey Show on this Monday. Mike Houston, head football coach at East Carolina, is my guest. And we're running through the Pirates season today. East Carolina at 3-3. Three and three. We're on game number four. East Carolina knocking off Charleston Southern 31-28. This turned out to be a little booger bear game, didn't it? Yeah, it is. Now, <laughs> you know, uh, another another piece of, of uh, you know, your livelihood depending on 18- to 21-year-olds, you know. Uh, social media, you know, everybody on social media is an expert. Everybody's got an opinion. So, uh, you know, after we played South Carolina, I think everybody decided to tell our kids they stunk. You know, they weren't any good. Uh, after we beat Marshall, everybody's telling them, you know, how this game should be over by halftime, and you know, everybody's going to play and all that stuff. Well, you know, you got to play. You know, and you got to be you got to be prepared to play. Uh, we didn't practice well uh, during the week. Uh, I preached to them from Sunday on just about. You know, you're you're playing a, a FCS team that has a great athlete quarterback that, uh, you know, a lot of seniors, very experienced team. You know, they're going to come in here and they're going to they're going to take their shot. They're going to play very well, and uh, it's a big game for them. Um, and you know, as mentally we were not ready to play at the level we need to play at. We learned a valuable lesson. You got to prepare every single week. Uh, hopefully, that lesson holds true. Uh, that uh, you know, we won't have anything like that. You know, the rest of the way. Um, because you know every game you've got to be at your best, and the mentality of how you play the game to me is the most important piece. Uh, it's it's what we're trying to build the program on. That's a great. I mean, I can point to that game repeatedly. You know, with the guys that are on this roster, and so many of them uh, are going to be here for you know multiple years in the future. I can always point to that game as a reminder of hey, you've got to make sure your your mind's ready to go play each game day. And with what you said, if you look at the game, you fall behind fourteen nothing, and then the guys just roared through the second quarter. So in their minds, you know, they thought it was going to be easy. It got off to a slow start. Now it's easy, but you can't turn it on and turn it off again, can you? No, and it's you know the same thing in the third quarter. You had a chance to really, really put the game out of reach in the third quarter, and you know had some had some mistakes. You know, had some plays where we didn't make the play, and uh so it, it let them hang around and if you, if you let a team like that hang around it's going to be exactly the way that was at the end you know where you're you're fighting and scrapping and holding on to to be able to find a way to win it now fortunately anytime you can learn that lesson and win the game yeah that's that's a good that's a good thing hey wins are wins wins are hard to come by and people everybody thinks you know oh, just win well listen wins are hard to come by at the college level and i've been fortunate i've won a lot but they're hard to come by, and uh, you know every week is, is is a fight. And so we got the win. We're two and two. Fantastic. Pirates then hosted Tulane, and the Pirates rolled in this game, fifty-two twenty-nine. Best outing of the season by far. Six hundred and twelve yards of offense, three hundred and two through the air, three hundred and ten on the ground. Uh, Keenan Mitchell, two hundred and twenty-two yards, just short of uh, Chris Johnson's record of two twenty-three from the Hawaii Bowl. But everything came together against Tulane. 
Well, what a what a great week! Uh, you know, really challenged our players that week. Um, what a what a what a great weekend! You know, homecoming weekend. Pirate Nation was at its best. Uh, you know, the, the the fans were here, the alums were here, the just the festive spirit around homecoming. A very talented Tulane team came in here, and uh, boy, the kids were ready to play and and played very very well. Uh, just you know, everything about the game. You know, the lows. You know, just weren't very many of them, and 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 the ones that were didn't last very long. But there were highs constantly, uh, and you know, just the the play of so many guys. You know, Keaton had another huge day. Uh, you know, Audie Amatosho had a big day. Ryan Jones had a big day. Holton had a huge day. You know, Mason Garcia had a big day. You know, just so many guys making plays uh, defensively. J Mac with another big interception. Uh, so many defender, defenders flying around, you know, just laying huge hits. I mean, that's the one thing that stands out is the, you know, the way our defense played from a contact standpoint. And what a performance by the offensive line just dominating the line of scrimmage in that game. And just uh, another, you know, great celebration there in the locker room afterwards. And it's what homecoming, what you hope homecoming's like, yeah. you know, for your kids, for the fan base, and I, I tell the teams every year, you know, homecoming is about the fans. It's about everybody coming back, and you know, our job is to, you know, to to give them something to excite, be excited about, and something to celebrate. And so, certainly, the players came through. You spoke about the offensive line, and I was walking down uh, the sidelines during the game, and you came by the offensive line huddle with Coach Shankwaller and all the offensive linemen, and you were just, you know, praising them left and right. I mean, those guys you had to feel really good about their effort, had to feel really good about the words you shared with them. Well, just you know. The, that's the way we want to play. Just the the physicality up front, the cohesiveness, the you know the intensity, um, and that's really you know when you when you can get that consistently, you know play after play, you know game after game, you know that's that's really the key to the whole thing is just just having that group play like that because they're the engine that makes the makes the car go. Is that the frustrating part about this offense? Because it's almost like the little girl with the curl. When, it, when, when she's really, really good, she's really, really good. But then, you know, there's that other side. Because when this offense is cranking up, you know, it can't be stopped. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, we, we play in a tough league. We play a tough schedule. You know, the opponent has a lot to do with that. Right. Um, but, you know, I have confidence in our guys that when we're playing to the best of our ability, uh, we can hang with anybody, and uh, I say that without reservation. And so, for me, it's it's you know ensuring that we we are prepared each week to the best we can be. And it's something that I spend more time evaluating that just how we're preparing uh, and trying to get the, the the players where they need to be mentality wise. Um, and it's still an ongoing thing. But yeah, I'm I'm, st- I'm still looking for just what what button is the right one to push each week to get us to that point that we need to be to play at the high level. Pirates with their first three-game winning streak since 2014. What does that mean to you? I think it's it's a it's a next big step for the program and it's um, you know it's 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 one of those things when when you took the job two and a half years ago you you, you knew you had a lot of work to do. Uh, certainly we've all done a lot of work, players, coaches, administrators, fans, I mean everybody's done a lot of work. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win big. Everybody wants to win yesterday. Um, but, you know, to be able to put together a streak like that that's been a while since it's been that way, it's significant because it shows uh, significant progress. And, uh, you know, it, it gives the kids confidence. It gives everyone confidence. And now, you know, you're, you're, 
you're you're playing against really you know really quality teams, and it's not it's not like it was my first year when you got here, and it's you know you, it's it's just tough every week. You know, now all of a sudden you go into every game. Hey, we got a great shot right here. It's going to be a great game. You know, we got to make the plays we need to make in the end to win it. Uh, and you know, if if we play you know really well, you know, we may be able to put this one away. So um, that's it's the next it's the next step. Speaking of great opportunities, UCF East Carolina down in Orlando this past week, and I know that's a that's one that it, it got away from you guys. Twenty to sixteen was the final, and then you have an off week, and you talked about it earlier in the show, but it really makes the off week you know, a little bit miserable at times, doesn't it? Well, you just, I mean, I I think uh, Monday Monday morning, Tuesday morning, I mean, I yeah, I'd wake up at three a.m. or something like that, and you're thinking about you know this play or that play or this call or that call, and what if you did this different, and you know how would that have done this or that? I mean, you just you replay it in your mind over and over and over again, and it's it took me about the middle of the week to get to where I had a decent night's sleep. So uh, because and, it, and the kids are better. I mean, they they handle the stuff a whole lot better than the coaches do. You know, with the and I'll tell you the losses. As much as I enjoy the Tulane win, you don't enjoy the wins as much as you torment yourself yeah. over the losses, and that's just the way they are. Uh, and that one, the frustrating thing about that one, you know, for me is just, you know, winning that game is, it's almost like a statement game, because in that locker room, my first year, there was no lower point than halftime against UCF down there, you know, down 35-7, non-competitive, you know, wondering what in the world I got myself into, and you know, so now you're same team, same locker room, and you're, I mean, you're up and down the field on them. You know, that's the frustrating thing is first drive, you go 70-some yards, you got the ball first and goal at the nine and turn it over. And then next drive, you're down there inside the 30-yard line, third and short, you're getting ready to run a play, you know, going to get you a first down. So you're getting ready to score again, and you get the false start. And and, in, and then you then you have the third down, you don't get it. And it the multiple times that you're down there inside the 10-yard line and you have something called that's there and you should score on and you don't. And the whole game, in my mind, is... And, and there never was a fourth down opportunity where I felt like it was it was realistic with the game situation. But you knew if you kept kicking field goals, you were going to get your butt beat. And that's mm-hmm. uh, against a good football team on the road. That's what I knew in the back of my head. You know, so... Um, it's a tough one. I mean, it's you, you want if you you want to get that drive going there. We got the ball back with you know five minutes to go. Um, you know we don't. You know they get the ball back. They drive down. You have the fourth and eight. You have you know another couple of plays where you have a stop. You have the third and two, um, and you just don't make the play. And it's you know we can all play coulda shoulda woulda shoulda done this. You shoulda done this. You shoulda done this. You shoulda done this. Well, yeah, it's, it's easy to say that you know, looking looking backwards. Um, we just got to make the play when it's there to be made, and uh, so it's a close game. Uh, it's a tough loss, um, but you know it's 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 a sign it's a sign of where the program is. You know that you're you know, you're one and one in the league. You're three and three overall at midseason. You know with a lot to play for here in the second half of the season. Do you believe the old adage that says when you take over a program, first you lose big, then you lose small, then you win small? And you win big, and, and like the program is right in the middle of losing small and, and winning small. There's there's no margin for error. Yeah, and I've, I've been this is the third third program I've been 
at where I went through this. You know, we went through it at Lenore Rhine, very similar situation, completely similar. You went through it at the Citadel. Um, you know, JMU was a different situation. I took over a team that had had they had won eight games the year before. Um, so you know, we went from you know winning eight to winning fourteen games a year, you know, quick. Um, but it's you know you you go through this because it's all about you know you got to build the roster, you got to develop the roster, you got to you know play you know teach you know because everybody has a philosophy on how you play the game you know and it's everybody's just different. Doesn't, I'm not going to sit and debate who's right and who's wrong. It's just, you know, it's just different. And it's Coach Malzahn and I were talking about that before the UCF game. It's just different. You know, he and Coach Heupel, they're different. Um, and so now you're at the point where you're highly competitive. You're winning some close games. You're 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 losing some close games. You're winning some games big. Um, fortunately, we're not losing games right. big. Uh, so you know, it's every week you got a great shot. Pirates at 3-3 three and three on the season, heading to Houston next. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up with Coach Mike Houston after this on the Brian Bailey Show. You're listening to the Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Welcome back to the Brian Bailey Show as we wrap things up with East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston. The Houston Cougars next up on the clock for this Pirate football team. 5-1 and one on the season. They opened with a loss, 38-21 to Texas Tech, and since then they've won five in a row. They're coming off a 40-22 to win over Tulane. They haven't played. They had an off week off of a Thursday night game. They've had some extra days to get ready for East Carolina. That's got to be an advantage. Well... Uh, I don't know, 16 days, 14 days is a long time, so I don't know how much of an advantage it makes. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, they're playing at home. That's an advantage. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenging game, 5-1. and one. Um, To be honest, you know, <laughs> they, they have an argument for being 6-0. and oh. You know, they, they didn't play very well against Texas Tech. Uh, they've had some, you know, several blowout wins. You know, the Tulsa game, I got to see part of that game. Uh, very, very impressive uh, win. Uh, as I was sitting there watching it, I was like, "Holy cow! This this bunch is something else." Uh, you watch the next week, and you know, honestly, you know, they didn't play Tulane quite as good as we did, uh, so it, it gives you a little bit of a comparison there. But you know, certainly very talented team. They are very stout defensively, uh, one of the top defenses in the country. Uh, very explosive offensively, which that's why you know, that's how you end up with a lot of blowouts. Is you know, you're good on defense and you can put up some points. So. Uh, experienced quarterback in Clayton Toon, uh, Nathaniel Dell is having an outstanding uh, you know season at receiver. Uh, Alt McCaskill, freshman running backs having a big year, leading them with over 400 yards rushing so far. So, uh, you know, talented football team. It's their homecoming. Uh, it'll be a challenge, but uh, you know our kids are excited about it. Our coaches are excited about it. So it should be a great one. Last week when we did your television show, you took us around the uh, locker room and showed us a whole lot of new enhancements in East Carolina, which really make a huge difference in recruiting. But but talk about those a little bit. Uh, the average fan probably can't see them yet. I'm sure you guys will get some stuff on social media, but it really looked nice. Yeah, it's it, honestly we started it my first year, so it was you know the the building was much like everything else. It was just you know needed a lot of attention, needed a lot of work, and uh, and. So we, uh, you know, put a put a put a lot into the design phase, but then everything got put on hold with the pandemic, 
and uh, you know, fortunately, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, uh, John Gilbert has assisted me with, you know, meeting with donors, and, and we've had some some loyal pirates just step up and just, you know, make some make some contributions that just have made a huge difference in the in the look of the building. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's made it it's made the facility where you'll you'll bring recruits in now, and recruits buy with their eyes. You know, you, you, how things look is important. And you can't talk about building a first-class program, building a, a program that's going to compete for championships, and then, you know, it not look like that. So uh, still working on it. Uh, you know, not done with those yet. You know, they're, they're working today. Yeah. And uh, so, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really making an impact on just uh, the appearance of the facility. So now when your players walk in, when recruits walk in, you know, they see something that's really first-class. Um, the other piece is we've really tried to tie in the history uh, of the program and our former players, we've tried to tie them into the facility, and with so many you know moments over the year, different bowl wins, different championships, different players in the NFL, different players and significant achievements, uh, and so because there wasn't anything around here you know telling that story, the history of the program, and so I, th- I think that's important. It's important that your current players understand what's been here before them. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get some alums in here so they can see that because they're a big part of it. You know, they're the ones that played the games. And so just important to me to try to tie everybody together. I thought that was, you know, maybe coming in, maybe that's the biggest issue that we needed to address was just there was so much division. There was division everywhere. And uh, certainly, you know, Chancellor Rogers and John Gilbert have uh, have helped me with trying to, you know, bring everybody back together, you know, trying to bring our fan base back together, you know, get our alumni players connected back to the program. Uh, still a lot of work to do on those levels, uh, but we're getting there. It's just like, the, just like the program. We're getting there. We're getting there pretty quickly. And it's really hard on radio to, to visualize everything. I had a chance to see it firsthand. I really like the, uh, the helmets. You know, each one of the NFL teams, the half helmet is up on the wall. The first time I saw that, I think, was in uh, at Bank of America Stadium years ago when uh, it was Erickson Stadium at the time. But the press box up there, they had it all set up like that. And, and you see the different venues. But you've got the helmets up, and then if a former Pirate played for that team, they're listed up there. Right. That's got to mean a lot to all your former players. And, and when they come back, they see their names. And then some of the great, you know, the history of some of the great Pirates, like Chris Johnson and like uh, Robert Jones and his Super Bowl rings. And all that's captured right there. Yeah. So it's uh, it's something I want to show to our, to our alumni, you know, to our, our football pirates, and um, it's something that's important again for recruiting, but it's important for our current players too. You know, it's uh, you know a lot of the designs were things I've seen different places. Uh, Jarrett Osmond, uh, who is our director of creative media, you know, he had a heavy hand in, in putting taking some of my thoughts and ideas and and putting them into reality, you know, because that's. He does a great job with that, and so uh, it's just a, a, a kind of a team effort in putting the stuff to, putting the stuff together. And as you said, down the hallway, you've got pictures up from some of the bowl wins, and 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 not only a picture, but you've got a little paragraph that explains you know what happened, who the Pirates beat in that bowl game, because. You know, I think about the Peach Bowl, and I can tell you who plays in the Peach Bowl, but a lot of these kids, you know, they don't know anything about the Pirate history, finishing ninth in the country that year uh, back in 19, the 1991 season, the 1992 Peach Bowl, but they can read about the history right there. Right, well, none of our players were born then. Yeah, I know. I mean, I about that yeah, I mean, it's so, you know, I was in college. <laughs> I, I remember it. I was working. I was here. <laughs> I'm a little older. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, but nowhere was the, were those stories told. 
And, you know, I've got so much respect for so many of the former coaches. Uh, I've gotten to know so many of the former players, knew some of the former players before, uh, and, and those people are important to me. And it's, uh, I think it's important to tell those stories of what Skip Holtz was able to achieve here, you know, what Ruffin was able to achieve yeah. here, you know, what Bill Lewis was able to achieve here, and so many others. Uh, and I've, I've fortunately been able to meet so many former players that played for each of those programs, and I hear the, the stories that they tell. And you know, because they've all got the stories about the wins and the seasons and the and the players and the coaches and just that's what makes the sport great. And I, and I tell our our current players, I said, 20 years from now, you're going to be sitting out there in that parking lot tailgating, and you're going to be telling stories about our times together. Yeah. And it's and because you're living right now part of history, and uh, I just think it's important to keep all that tied together. All right, take us through the week this week as you lead up to the Houston game. What do you want to see out of your ball club as we head to Houston on Friday for the game on Saturday? Well, the travel team will have Thursday, Friday, Saturday you know, off, uh, so we should be well-rested going into Sunday. I've talked to them about the importance of what they do during that off time. You know, they've got to take care of their bodies. They've got to make great decisions. They've got to, they've got to do a great job of preparing themselves to have a great week. And so uh, I want to see us have a great week of preparation. Uh, I want to see crisp practices. Um, I expect Tuesday and Wednesday to be very physical practices. Uh, we're going to have to play that way down there to, you know, to, to have a shot and, and pull the win off. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, you know, going into Saturday's game, uh, just great mental preparation and just really getting our minds mentally prepared for how we're going to have to play that game. And then we've got to go down there with guns blazing. I mean, we've got to go in there, you know, firing on all cylinders and and, and shooting our shot because it's going to be a challenge. Now they're a good football team at home, five and one, uh, homecoming for them. Uh, so we're going to have to go down there and really go at them. Uh, yeah, the great thing is, and it's as I look at film week to week, I love this team and I love our shot. And I like our chances going down there. It's going to be a tough one, but it's going to be one we're going to play, and you know, hopefully we can figure out a way to win it and come back with a with a huge road win. Coach, I'll tell you this. I appreciate your time today. I certainly appreciate it. It's a real privilege to travel with the team and to host your coaches' show because, obviously, you're turning this thing around, and I've been around some great coaches at East Carolina. I add you right up in there because uh, we certainly appreciate it. I know Brian Medor does as well. And I know it's hard sometimes. You know, when, you, when you're doing that coaching show, we talked about the raw emotion of it. Sometimes it's hard, but I certainly appreciate everything. Well, I just – I'm – Honored to be here, humbled to be here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be the head coach at East Carolina. Uh, you know, I said it the first day I took the job that you know when I stepped off that plane, I felt like I was home, and uh, I feel more so now uh, because of how connected Amanda and the boys and I've gotten within this community. And uh, there's no place I no no place else I want to be. You know, I I look forward to uh, you know many great wins uh, with our program in the future and. Enjoy you guys, you know, being along with us, and because you know the media, and I've, I've told Steve and I go this, uh, you know, the guys at, at, at each of the radio stations, you and me, or you know, to me, we're all in this together, and 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 you guys help us tell the stories, and that's, you know, you're the conduit that we communicate with our fan base and uh, and the community, uh, and so it's it's a deal where we're all in this thing together, and I just appreciate you guys. We appreciate you, Coach. That's head coach Mike Houston here on the Brian Bailey Show. We'll come back and wrap up our show after this. You're listening to the Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back on this Monday, back in the studio as we uh, wrap things up here on the Brian Bailey Show, starting your sports week with our show here on Pirate Radio. Don't forget East Carolina and Houston Pirates and the Cougars in East Carolina will... 
Dakota Houston is a 14-point underdog, so we'll have to see how that one plays out. Houston coming off of their win. They also had a bye week. They had an off week after a Thursday night game, so they've had a little bit more time to prepare for that one. Coming up at noon on Pirate Radio, the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So all that's coming up for you on Saturday. From high school football over the weekend, Newburn shuts out J.H. Rose. Very surprised at that score. 48 nothing was the final. Newburn came to town and just blasted the Rampants. And I really thought that was going to be a much closer score than it was. D.H. Conley was perhaps the big shocker of the uh, Friday night from last week because the Vikings went on the road to play a really good Jacksonville team and led 42-7 to at halftime on the road, and they won that game 42-21. So led it half 42-7, won the game 42-21. So congratulations to Nate Connor and company for one of the big wins of this football season. That big Carolina 3A-4A every week. Week in and week out, it's just an adventure for those teams. Really good football in that league, and it's playing out. But it uh, looks like Newburn uh, now has the uh, upper hand as far as the conference championship is concerned. Coming up this week, uh, Newburn takes on Conley at Conley at the Hollywood Crossroads. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio. So that'll be a, a good one to keep an eye on on Friday night. I'll be making the trip to Houston with the Pirates uh, to have the uh, Mike Houston show on for Sunday at 1130 on WNCT. We tape it right after the game is over, and Brian Meadow does a great job of putting it all together. So we'll have that for you. And as we update the NFL, we'll bring Clip Brock on because actually we're going to update the baseball playoffs because it was, one of us does doesn't want to talk much about NFL football these days. But let's update the baseball playoffs. It's postseason, NLCS, ALCS. I know, I know. Who cares about Week Who 7? Yeah, exactly. The, they don't hand out the Lombardi Trophy in October, do they? That. A wise man once said that a long time ago. But congratulations on your Braves. I'm having Two a, walk-offs. a great sports weekend for me, Bailey, as my Braves... Uh, knock off the Dodgers Saturday night and Sunday night. Yeah, knocking off the defending champs and uh, and both games were really you know well played, close game. Clayton McCullough getting some airtime. Yeah, and, uh, a shout out. So I I've, I hate the Dodgers and then I see him and yeah. I'm like okay I don't hate him as much but uh, man it's been some some really exciting games. The Red Sox hitting a grand slam in the first and second inning that was nuts. on Saturday. That so. was crazy. Because I was I was at an establishment in, in the downtown area, and I was walking up, and I said, I said, is that a grand slam? And they go, yeah, it's the second one they've hit. And I was like, you're kidding me. It was, nothing in yeah. the second inning. So uh, that's how that one went. So we're hoping to go. There's a couple of us. uh Hoping to go see the Astros and Red Sox in Game Six in Houston. We're still working on the possibilities, and it's probably still very much a long shot. But uh, we're going to be in Houston that afternoon, so we thought, why not go to the game if we can? So I was uh, talking to Malcolm Gray, who yep, will uh, that's one be of part of the Malcolm and Meador, Eminem boys. He is a huge uh, Red Sox right. fan, so he would love to be there. He is such a baseball junkie. He's already looked at when ECU plays at Cincinnati in baseball. It's going to be opening day. He told me that. And he's got a Sonny Gray connection, and he's going to try to work that uh, for some wow. seconds. So yeah. he's, uh, he's fired up for his Red Sox right now. Well, we got a couple of us working on angles to try to get tickets. For playoff baseball, is a little more difficult. I, I got on StubHub one of those, and uh, you can get upper deck tickets in the hundreds. I don't know if I want to spend all that much money to go see a game. But Houston would probably be a fun place to well, any place now yeah. at the ALCS, but that would be a fun ballpark. We visited the ballpark there during the um, the Houston, the gallerifurniture.com. They had they were just opening that park. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and so probably Minute Maid back then. That's what it was, and they invited us out the media to tour it. So we got a chance to go out, and I thought, man, this is really cool. You know, is that when they had the weird hill in yeah. Center Field. 
Yeah. They took that down, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. But uh what was it, Tiles Hill or something like that? Yeah, I don't yeah know. it was it was an old school type deal. It was kind of odd. But uh yeah, they still had that they had it then they that's when they first uh, built the park and it was it was really a neat, you know, place to see, but I had never seen a game there. So. Did you ever go to the Astrodome? Well, I guess did you go to football games there? Yeah, the football the the um the gallery furniture dot com was in the Astrodome. Okay. So that's the that's the only time I've ever had a chance to go to see that uh that building, the seventh uh, wonder of the world. Yeah. And uh it would it would fit a bunch of them would fit into some of the stadiums that are being built uh these days. Bad but. News Bears played there, I believe. I think so. One of the movies. <laughs> that was a whole movie based on that. Right. They went to Japan and one movie and they they did that. But uh NFL, NFL news, those Cowboys won again. That's five in a row. Melissa Bella doing good. Yeah, they're, doing, good they're doing great. They're good. all they're all with their cowboy stuff yesterday, so no, I'm just kidding anyway. How about college football Saturday, yeah. Bailey? Yeah, that I'm gonna get you a minute. You kinda like Dallas, don't you? <laughs> you're starting to you're starting you to root been, Did I do something to you that I forgot about? You do a lot of things. You and forget I, about your you tweets. You are killing me today. <laughs> no, no, I do it. I do it with kindness. I kill them with kindness. See, I, I don't. I don't come in and and you know. I, I don't tweet out the standings in the NFC East and, and stuff like that. I just. I like to notify people about what's happening. <laughs> I, I, and you know what? Since week one, I don't think you've tweeted them out. Well, people can look at the news. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, every commercial break, Bailey's coming up with a. He said, uh, when are they going to change the name of Washington? <laughs> and he'll say, you think they'll keep the same colors? And finally, well, I'm like, stop asking questions stop being about nice. that awful franchise. Yeah, stop being nice. Hey, look, I, I said it on the air going into the year. My guys to draft this year, I wanted on my teams, fantasy teams. Matt Stafford and I hate to say it, Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a breakout, and uh, he had the the game. And that winner. was his breakout game, really, because I, I drafted Ceedee Lamb in, in our league, and I was a little disappointed with his numbers. I mean, he's he's been pretty good. He had a couple of drops yeah, early on, but he's uh, he's a really good player. And and the thing I, I'm really impressed with, I know you're not going to like this part, but the Cowboys are playing such good football right now, and they've got some key elements out right now, and they're going to get those guys back. So. I know. La, 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 la. Look, I said it <laughs> three weeks ago. They're going to win the division by four games. Yeah, and they're so, up by three. Yeah, I mean, they're going to run away with it. Uh, the only hope I have now is they host a playoff game and lose. Yeah. That's and all that, I got. Hey, and let me tell you something. That could easily happen. They've got to, they've got to prove. They've got to have a really good season. And then as long as Mike McCarthy's games. there. Oh, I know. He worries me. I, I told you during one of the commercial breaks, I said, you know, yesterday, right before the half, they really, they blocked the punt and they wanted to force, you know, New England to punt again. So you wait until fourth down, you call timeouts and then they got a punt. Well, he called timeout third down. And that's the only time out he had left. So they took the timeout. They came back out. Then they they took a knee and they went to the halftime because he didn't take the timeout in the right spot. Well, Kevin Monroe, who's also unfortunately a big Cowboys fan, uh, joins me on the show and said that they have definitely the the best talent in the in the division and potentially the worst coach, which is yeah. kind of harsh. We don't know about yeah. the Eagles coach yet, but. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm still torn because I was always a Jason Garrett fan, but I don't remember Jason Garrett ever screwing the clock up as bad as as McCarthy has. And he had his moments, and he did have some times, but it's just. And, and I and I love Kellen Moore as a play caller, but I'm thinking that McCarthy's taking over the book whenever they're at the one yard line because some of those plays, you know, let's let's have Dak stick the ball over. I hate that play. I'm such a nice guy. I texted you last week when they ran that sweet play. Oh yeah. Uh, 
what was it, like a fake something, and then he threw it to Zeke for a wide-open walk-in touchdown. Yeah. And, and earlier this year, they ran a little option with Zeke and Pollard. So that was kind of a cool deal, too. So. The friend I am and the person Bailey yeah. is back to me. Yeah, you are the man. the world to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Go, Cowboys. Uh well, thank uh, Mike Houston for all of his time because it's rare that we get a uh, coach in season like that for the entire hour. So we certainly appreciate his time from the other day. And we uh, have that again for you coming up later on tonight. Next week, we hope to have Pirate basketball coach Joe Dooley. He is tentative as we speak. He's not sure about a recruiting trip. So we'll let you know about that next week. It's a short week as East Carolina takes on South Florida on Thursday. But again, it's Houston and East Carolina coming up 4 o'clock. The Bud Light pregame tailgate at noon on Saturday right here on Pirate Radio. Have yourself a great sports week. We'll see you back here next Monday. This has been the Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, EMS Builders, and The Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.